When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not. I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock. I mentioned Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have uh, a special quote-unquote special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple months off. I personally would never leave teachhoops.com, but you have that option, and uh, it's great. So go over and check it out, teachhoops.com, for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach, we'll try not – my last – I was talking to a coach from Ireland. You'll have to listen to it. Okay. And he, he broke the record. So we will not go two plus hours tonight. Okay. <laughs> that's how I long him and I went. But um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. What I, what I have people do is kind of introduce themselves. So Sean will do that. He'll introduce himself. And then I want you to give like a bio, kind of your synopsis of your coaching career. And then we'll jump into some of the practice planning and, and some of that other stuff. So let the audience know where you are. I, I, I picked up on the Boston accent when we were doing <laughs> yes, the, the pre-interview here, but you, you, you explain where you came from, kind of where you are now and, and all that for the audience. Well, first of all, thanks for, you know, having me on Steve. I, you know, I, I just love, you know, talking basketball and, you know, my name's Sean Doherty and uh, I was born and raised in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, right outside of Boston. And um, I kind of grew up there till I was like 31 years old. And I was lucky enough to play Division Three basketball um, at uh, Worcester State College, Division Three school in the, Mass, in the MassCat Conference. And I was a point guard there. And then I went on and started my coaching career um, actually there with the head coach, Tom Moore, who's now at UConn. Um, and then um, I left Worcester State and ended up going to uh, Assumption College, Division II school in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, it was great. I was at Assumption College in the NE10, which is a, one of the best conferences in the country for Division II. And uh, I was there for four years and had, you know, great, got my master's degree in education from there. And then uh, I, you know, applied for a job at um, Holy Cross College. A guy named Ralph Willie got the job at Holy Cross. And Ralph used to be with Rick Patino and he 
I was up, you know, Jim Beheim and he coached Pittsburgh. So I, um, I applied and I got the job and I was like the third assistant at Holy Cross. And every year I was there, one of the other assistants left and I kind of became Ralph's associate head coach after three years. And, um, it was great. We won three, uh, three championships there, at Holy Cross and played Kansas, Kentucky and Marquette and the NCAA tournaments. Um, so it was a great experience. And then I, uh, I went down to Western Kentucky and I went with Darren Horn, um, you know, who uh, was coach of South Carolina for a while. Yep. He was assistant Marquette. He got the job, Darren. So I was with Darren for a while there. And um, then I decided to take a head job, a head division three job. So I was with Darren for about less than a year. And um, a division three job opened up in the MASCAC at Salem State College, where I played as a player. I played in that Wichita State Conference. So I decided to be, come back home, come back to Boston. Salem, Mass is right outside of Boston. The Salem okay. Witches, they, you know, they, they, yep. they, you know, that's the big thing. And um, I came back and I was a head Division three coach. And I was that, a Division three coach for four years. And um, I loved being my, you know, I was my own boss. And it was the first time I ever became the head coach. And we had a great, we won four championships there. And um, I had a great, you know, success there. That's for sure. Like, you know, over 100 wins. Um, and it was just fun. And then... My old height, my old college coach ended up getting a job at Quinnipiac University. And he called me up and he's like, Hey, I want you to come. So where's with that one? Everything you've I followed everything up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> Quinnipiac is a division one school in the Mass cat in the in the, in the Mac and it's in um it's in Hamden, Connecticut, right okay. beside Yale University, about ten miles away from Yale. Okay, okay. And I'll okay. tell you when I was recruiting for them, that was the same exact when I go out to Wisconsin or I go out to anywhere, they'd be like, Quinna what? Quinna who? It almost sounds like to be honest with you, it almost sounds like a Canadian like Quint yeah in a pack or win it's like exactly. almost sounds like canadian yeah okay they're really well known for hockey right now they've okay. uh, they've, they've gone to the final four division one in hockey um and in basketball we you know when we were there we started off in the nec which is like sacred heart central connecticut robert morris liu yeah that was the league and then uh we ended up going on into the mac conference which has siena um you know uh iona manhattan yep. which is a much bigger conference right so you know it was a little bit tougher and then what happened was the new ad came in after 10 years got rid of us mm -hmm. and it was it was kind of a decision making it was the first time in my life i've ever been let go right and um you know I've been, now i'm like you know in my 40s and i'm like oh you know mid 40s oh, crap like, it's like what do you what do you do <laughs> right and you know my the old assistant who was with me at the time is this head coach at indiana archie miller another guy was an assistant with me was at uh, iowa state um william small when he was at western okay. he's, he's, like, he's dropping some names here like Holy no but God. i'm like yeah. I'm no i'm that, that serious though they're legit okay yeah go ahead yeah well i was i was yeah. you know uh, i was in the same office yeah. as archie yeah. me and archie shared an office together and right. you know william was right down yeah. the hall with me we were on the same staff right so i was like um do i move my whole family across the country to one of those schools and try and jump on with one of them or do I, you know, my son's high school, my son was a freshman in high school and okay. his job, the job opened up there at Hamden Hall. It's yeah. a small prep school right here in Hamden where I was coaching for the last 10 years. I right. was a division one coach at Hamden, uh, Quinnipiac. And right. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I coach my son for the next couple of years? So instead of jumping back into division one across the country and moving my family again, I decided let's coach my son. And I've had a great experience that this is going into my this is going into my fourth year now. Yeah, I've been with him since freshman year. So we've, I've had three years now with him at Hamden Hall. It's a uh, small prep school in the in the, in the Nepsap. And Park. who does that prep school play? We play like uh, Marianapolis, St. Luke's, St. Thomas More. Okay. Um, okay. You know, uh, 
you know, Middlebury, yep. uh, you know, like, you know, like there's a bunch of like small. And do you get, do you, do you do, post, do, you do PG or you do? We uh, don't. It's only okay. high school, but we do reclassification kids. So a lot of kids come to me and want to do their junior year over and okay. leaving a, leave a, a regular uh, public school. They okay. come in and say, hey, we're going to, I'd like to go there and do a reclass year. Okay. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's some good and some bad with that. Some people. Right suggest them to go and stay until you graduate then go to year prep school other kids want to reclass when they're freshmen or sophomore well, my son's trying to figure out if he needs a gap year too yeah it's like, it's, who knows like it's, it, <laughs> really, it really is different for every kid i think it um, is it is i think it really is so a couple things okay so first of all what was it like to play division three and coach division three? So that's the first question I have for you. Well, you know, I'll tell you playing division three, I was a, you know, I was a point guard. Um, and you know, it was, it, it's funny because when I was in high school, basketball was everything to me. And, and, you know, like it was right. like, and I was like practicing all summer long from eight in the morning until the lights went out at the park right. at, 11 yeah. at night. And then when I got to college, I thought I could kind of drift and just, you know, I got into the whole, like, you know, I'm a college basketball player, yeah. started meeting girls. Right. Going out. And yeah. so I didn't focus as much as I wish I did on my college preparation. You know, now that I've been a coach, all these, I realized what I did wrong when I was a player. So I was kind of like a backup, you know, point yeah. for all those years. And um, it was fun playing and we had some great experiences and I love my teammates, but I don't think I ever got the best of what I could have been. And, and I played D3 too. It, there's yeah. a, there's a love for the game you get at D3. Oh, yeah. There's no glory. No, like, no. I played in my high school gym filled more than my, co I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, cause I went to a big high school. It's like, we'd have put two, 3000 in and then I'd go to college. It'd be like, we get 400, you know, oh, without, without a doubt. I was just like, I was the same thing. I was, just yeah, you, you, you play, there's a difference. There's a love of the game. Um, so Holy cross Patriot league, great league, great league. It's like, it's like a mini Ivy. Like, you know, without you have obviously the NASDAQ where my son's going, but then yeah. you've got that one, which is a really good league. I think it's the, the Patriot league's under. We were, uh, you know, we came into that league when I got, when I got there, uh, they did a book. Uh, John Feinstein did a book. And, I've read uh, that book. It's a great book. Yeah. yeah it's funny. If you have a go into the acknowledgements at the very end, I'm in there and it says, you know, acknowledge it says, and Sean Darty in, yes, you too, Sean. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's always make fun of me. Like I would have, Hey, you gotta put me in the book. You gotta put me in the book. You know but, I mean? Yeah. It's funny. It's, um, it's, 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 I mean, his son was looking at it for just school. It wasn't, yeah. oh, I go there, I won't eat. It's like a Colgate and some of those schools. Unbelievable. You got to be a student. Like, you, you oh, go to those schools unless you're a student. I'll tell you, I can tell you some stories about some of the recruits we brought in for the academics and bringing them down to the admissions department. It was, it was hysterical. Um, I'll give you a good one. We brought this one kid from New York in, and I was like, all right, listen, we're going down to the admissions interview right now. Like, you got to be on point here. The admissions lady's no joke. She's going to ask you questions. Like, you know, you know make right. sure you understand. I told him all this stuff. <laughs> And she said, you know, this is the true story. Kid came out. I said, how'd it go? He goes, all right, how'd you go? So I, I asked the mission guy, like, what do you think? She goes, well, Sean, I'm not too good. He goes, I asked him what the last book he read. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, I don't read books. I was oh, like, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, holy cross. I'm like, well, we can take him off the old recruiting list. I can. I'll tell you, holy cross, because that was on my son's list. I can tell you, they wanted, for the financial aid stuff I needed to fill out, they wanted literally to know what my – great ancestors made oh. and where is that third nickel that you said you had oh they swear to god down. it was more pay in my my son i think it was like by the time it was done like 18 schools there were, there were ivy little ivies the patriot league 
It wasn't even, they were in a, they're in a different class for what they asked for. It was like, are you kidding? What do you want? Like, you want right. my firstborn child? Like, they were asking <laughs> for more things than any human being should ever want. I could see how people would give up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not they, doing this. You're not going to. It was to hard to get in. We had to be real specific with the type of recruit we went after. We used to um, pre-qualified kids. Uh, you know, Ralph was a stickler on making sure that we, you know, we went to Jesuit schools and we pre-qualified kids and made sure right. they had the SATs and the transcript prior to coming in. And there was a lot of background checking. The, the only thing I've thought about is like coaching in the NASDAQ, coaching in the Patriot, coaching the Ivy, is you basically, here's your pool. Like, yeah. You can see a kid in Indiana and a July day and you go, I can't even look at that kid. Like oh, your pool is this 10%, maybe 5%, 10, 5, that I can even look at these kids. Like, exactly. so I think that in some respects, you're probably all fighting for the same kids. That's exactly what it was. We were fighting against the Dartmouth and all the time and against the right. uh, Patriot League and, yeah. you know, all the schools and uh, the NEPSEC, you know, NEPSEC school. So it was right. It was Right, and then what the problem is, the Nasdaqs are trying to grab one of yours that you can give a scholarship. They're trying to grab them because yep. they can't give a scholarship. It's like this whole to grab the one above it, the Ivy, you know. Yeah, and you guys are trying to get the Ivy, and then the yeah, Ivies are so, trying to grab a Duke kid or yeah, a really, yeah, or like a Stanford. It's like, oh, I know, but yeah. it's it, it, it's interesting. I think in the sense that if you're at Michigan or Michigan State, you're you basically have the pool of the world, like oh, without a doubt, yeah. In your it was also great because you got to get to coach kids who really got it. You know what I mean? And I loved – that was my four years of kind of like really becoming a coach because, first of all, Ralph Willow was phenomenal. Right. Um, he was a stickler for the little things, and he was uh, maniacal on – you know, he was a Rick Pitino disciple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And he kind of like almost taught Rick some of his stuff. So, like, he was – we, you know, we had early morning, all the things you can imagine. We had early morning individuals at, you know, 6, 6 a.m. And, you know, you had to be there for 5.30, dressed and ready. And, you know, we went through a hard workout. And then, you know, late night study hall, you know, just you name it, we did it. Film and breakdown effort stats. The effort stats were phenomenal, like breaking down a kid's tape and showing it to them. It's, it's you know, the stuff I learned. The one thing the Patriot doesn't have, the, the Ivy, the Ivy, and I've talked to Dave about this, the Ivy is like, my, the kid we were talking about, Chris, he was going to do um, a sex fifth. I don't know what's happening now. This summer, he was doing an internship. There oh, yeah. was nothing going on this summer. They shut them down. That, that hurt. Like, that there's no, like, no. individual, like, it. No. So uh, the Patriot League probably isn't quite like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, think the connection is a little bit bigger. When you're an Ivy League kid, you're a little bit different. But I'll yeah. tell you, those Patriot League schools, those, like the Holy Cross guys, they, they, they stick together. If you're a Holy Cross alum, there's a oh, yeah. out there that'll give you jobs and they want to hire Holy Cross guys. So. I told my, I told my son, I said, the school, you, you could have gone to a lot of schools, but he's going to Middlebury. I said, the problem is you're, you're middle. Once you get through there, you're a Middlebury kid. Exactly. So all of a sudden now other Middlebury people will know you. Like, exactly. That's, yeah. And that's where you're going to get your job down the road. It'll be someone that'll hire him because of that. Yeah. It's the um, advice I give all my senior athletes. As I said, when you go to college every day, meet a new person, connect with somebody because you don't ever know which one is going to open that door up. Um, and you, you, some of your best friends will be that one person in that one class that you just connected with. You never know. Um, all right. So let's go, let's jump in the practice stuff, coach. I'd love to talk sure. about that. So let's, uh, let's have you share the screen here and all right. jump into practice. Let's talk, let's do that. Let's do the first one that you were talking about that PowerPoint. Let's just go through real quick, you know, kind of your, your summary of practice. Then maybe we can talk about a practice. Yep. All right. Let me, um, you want the summary of the, you want the summary? Yeah, let's do that one first. Let's do that one first. 
All right. Um, you know, I just, I showed this a couple times out to, you know, some people and I think it's yep. important, you know, you, you just got to have a plan of like, um, when you're running your practice at practice planning, yep. you know, I think there's important things to have. And I think you got like, first of all, you got to be really organized. Um, you know, I think you got to meet with your staff and go over, you know, your plans each day. And if you don't have a staff, just make sure you have a plan. And how much mean, time like, do you spend on a practice plan? You know, I probably, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years now. So right. I probably spend a half an hour um you know what i mean when i was younger i probably spent a little bit when i was first doing my first job at salem state there i probably did an hour an hour and a half but yeah you know i i sent it to my coaches after because they're all teachers so i sent it to them and they look it over give me a couple things i go back edit it and say oh yeah i should have added that in good point so i think that's important to do i think you have to have that i think it has to be right and then i i show it to the players like when i get there i post it so they see it what's going to go on today so i put right. it up in the locker room when we get there so they can see what the kind of like the practice is and, and is there a specific time that you do it like especially now being a high school coach do you yeah um we usually have practices like our kids go to school until 250 and okay. then they take a bus over to our we have a, like a 10 million dollar practice facility it's really nice three okay. court, it's beautiful it's beckerman center okay Dave beckerman, who started the starter corporation of the basket you know the jacket starter yep yep he had a lot of money he used to be the coach here for 20 years and okay he built, he built this facility called the beckerman center so the kids leave the school like 250 and they come over to the beckerman center and um then i do study hall from three to four and i just okay. have them stay in a room and you know like you know kind of like the uh, lunchroom there and they just okay. re, you know do some study hall but then that's why i show the practice plan to have it put up and then we go on the court every day to, from four to six okay so four to okay. six that time and that gives the time for the teachers who teach my coach assistants to get there and yeah kind of yeah like that's the practice. hard part i know and then do you do you do your practice plan for the next day that night or do you wait till the no next i kind of do it the next you know next morning and you yeah. know talk about it then i send it to them an email and the email will be back or sometimes i'll do it at night depends on how how it really goes i used to do it at night but i like to dwell on it i think i dream about it to be honest <laughs> with you i mean because it's like oh that didn't go well and do you tape yeah. your practices um, we, I started doing that, but then I realized <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm the only one watching them and like going over it. And I kind of, I'm like, cause it used to be like in college, like, you know, we have the other assistants, the kids, the right. players and the high school level is like, it's me. me. It's like, it's the I'm exact same coach. And I'm like, and to get managers to help out to do it like that. I'd rather have the manager running the clock than running the film. Up yeah. top. And, you know, so it's kind of like, I got away from it. Um, I did start doing that, but I like, I got, I, you know, you got to get one of the automated recorder things like VR. Yeah, I know. Those are expensive. They, they are expensive. That. Yeah. It's, and they, and they, and they do just, that? I do. We just got one about a year or two ago. Um, and it's really nice. It's like, and the thing is what I'll do is I won't watch the whole practice, but it's like, I'll, I'll be home, I'll eat dinner. And then I'll start thinking about like, Oh crud, we didn't do that very well. So let me go, I'll go back and watch that drill. It would right. be me, it, and you're right. It's 97% probably me and one of my assistants. But yeah, yeah. Um, so. I just like it from that standpoint. Or oh wow, we did really well. Remember that one thing we were working on? Let's go back and look at that. What was that doing? That's right. where it's nice to have it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's not like I'm throwing the ball or kicking anything at him. There's nothing I'm in that's gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that. I like. I have all my practices open to my parents. I I encourage every parent to come to every practice. And where do your parents, where do your kids tend to be local? Yeah. Um, they all within a, um, they're all within a half an hour distance. Cause it's a day school only. They don't have no, uh, Oh, computer. okay. 
Okay. You know, so it's all, you know, they, I mean, it's, there's no uh, overnight kids, so it's all commuting. So okay, it's all parents coming so. to pick them up. And I just always thought, like, a parent's there. Like, why are they sitting in the car waiting? I said, please, just come in and watch the last yeah. half an hour. Get your, if I want, I want to watch my kid play ball for a little while. So right. honest, I, I have my kids' parents come in all the time and sit in stands. I just tell them, make sure they don't go crazy, you know, and be loud. Right. You know? <laughs> don't so, yell at them, yeah. But, okay, um, let's keep going. You know, I, and, you know, then I, I talk about, like, having uh, making sure my staff all have a firm firm understanding of the plays and the drills that we're okay. going to cover. I yep. think that's important. Like, a lot of times, I, I shouldn't be the only one who knows what the drill is about. So that's right. why I send it to the coaches early and say, hey, if you don't know the drill, let me know and we'll go over it. Right. I don't want, you know, oh, when you come in early, you know, like, we'll talk about it during study hall so you kind of understand. Because right. I might, like, have to do something. They have to run it. I don't want to be embarrassed by, you know, my staff not knowing. Right. And it shows that everybody's on the same page. Yep. Um, yep. I think that's important. Okay. Um, I think the warm-ups are important. Like, nowadays, the kids, back in our day, you know, used to be right over left. You know, like, right. I'm across, I'm yeah. across. All right, let's go. Play ball. Right. You know, like. Today, I think you got to give the kids a little bit more dynamic warm-up. They used to like supply metrics, so I'm having a routine. And that's one thing we did when I was uh, at the end of my years at Quinnipiac. We had the um, the Navy SEALs come in and do a SEAL training program. Oh, my gosh. And it was a three-day program. And I'll tell you, it was an unbelievable accountability and leadership. And uh, if anybody could have a chance to have a part of that or watch that on film or whatever, you really should because if you're a coach, it just they just talk about – leadership and the dynamics of it and one of their big things was the warm-up and how they have one leader and he would you know he'd say oh you know uh, all right you know knees to chest half court and back ready and then the whole group in a line would have to say ready and then he say attack and then they said they say attack and it looked just so good they were all on the same page the leader stepped up told them what the drill was they all went out and they went to half court and they came back and then the leader get up and he say all right you know next one butt kicks Ready and they all yell ready and they, if you, you as a coach you gotta if the one kid wasn't saying ready you went down there and you ripped into him because you gotta be part of the you know the group right on the leader and uh, you know I was all about that and I'll tell you like the kids loved it you know like as, as you know like they did this eight minute dynamic warm ups you know like play you know uh, you know um, all the different ones and uh, it was great you know I think the kids really enjoyed it so I think that's important and I said I think uh, you know running the clock is important. If you have a clock in your gym, yeah. you should have that because, and keep the drills short, you know, like too many coaches, I go watch a lot of practices and they'll be like, all right, nine minutes of this. And the kids are like, after minute two, they're like, you know, done. No. So here's what I tell people when I go out and talk too. It's like, we live in a Snapchat world, people. TikToks, the longest a TikTok is, is a minute. And most of them are 15 seconds. So yeah. if you think you're keeping their attention for nine to 10 minutes, yeah, you're not. <laughs> that's that, that. That's all that UB Brown practice stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I love watching. I, I watch UB Brown a couple times. Anybody get a chance to watch UB Brown on uh, talking about practice? He is phenomenal. Like I'm okay. talking like off the charts. Like he says, make sure you come in with a cue card. Make sure every drill is three to five minutes. He's he's uh he's right he's right on point. I love um, that. I do. Hubie's got some great stuff. I agree. Oh my god, he's like man. Talk about a genius in basketball back in the day. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously I think you, you have your practices start early, you know, like a, a longer early in the year and then taper them down to make sure to taper it down. Yeah. And then, um, you're you know, down to an hour 15 and in, in, is that total an hour 15 at the and very cutting end, film? Um, that is cut when they came in and, you know, at the end of my practice late February, like, yeah. Cause you know, I hate to say it, but I'd only play like probably eight, nine guys. I don't want to get them hurt. So right. I, I thought an hour, an hour and 15 minutes was good enough. And we, okay. you know, we, we keep it simple and we go through it and, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I 
started early on, it'll be two, two and a half hours, but then by the end, it's an hour and 15. And I'll tell you right now, when I was at Quinnipiac, same thing, hour and 15, hour and a half at the most in late February. At Holy Cross, Ralph Willard, hour and 15, hour and a half. So a lot of the Division One guys doing the same thing. They taper it down. It was three hours to start. And by the end, they were doing an hour 15, an hour and a half. I love so, that. I do that, too. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, you got to know that practice is where you create new winning culture. You know, so I think you have to have accountability for all segments, um, winners and losers. As much as you can do winners, kids love that. I mean, I don't care what drill you're doing. If you can get a winners and losers, kids love busting on their teammates. That was the fun part of when I played. Yeah, like, yo, get on the line. You know what I mean? Leaders got you. And then, you know, like. It doesn't matter. From from someone that's done this a long time, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, no, it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. And, and the thing is, sometimes it depends on the seat part of the season, too. Early in the season, you might run. Late in the season, you might do five burpees. Exactly. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. Like if they're doing a contest versus another player, I'll say you have to do five burpees. You have to say three nice things about the person you beat or or beat, you know, they lost to, you know, and it's like, you have nice hair, you know, like whatever, (laughs) but it's just like, they'll laugh and then they're doing it, but they're, they don't want to do that. Like, you know, so it's kind of a losing thing. Yeah. 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 I, I tell you, so I think that's a huge thing. And, um, I said, I think pushing your effort stats, like I'm a big believer when we were at Holy Cross, we did this thing called effort stats. I could show and what you are, So you called. talked about that before we came on the air. Like, give me uh, some examples of effort stats. Um, let me see if I can, I can pull it up right. Okay. I have right here. Yeah. Let me see. Can you? Can yeah, you I can see, see that? that. I can see that. that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So now like what we would do is um, when I was at Holy Cross, one of the big things, the effort stats were huge. And they would, we would break down a game film at the end of the game. So what we do is we take this right here, this form, and it would say, all right, we'd watch the first segment of the game, first, uh, okay. first play of the game. And I'd be like, okay, here we go. First shot goes up. Stop, pause. Did Gio block out? No, Gio didn't block out. He got a zero. All right, did Danny block out? He did. Rewind it. Wait a minute. Yeah, uh, he did. He checked the kid. He got him. He got a one. He all, all the way down to the five guys in the game. If they had a chance to block out, did they or didn't they? And then it would be a zero that. one. Okay. And then you go to the next possession where there was a ball loose or a ball got you know got away. That's a ball pursuit. If you ever saw that while you're breaking down the film and you saw a ball being loose or whatever, did your guy pursue it? Or did he kind of just let someone else go get it? And how many of those do you – how many ball pursuits do you see in a game? That, you know, I'll tell you, you be, when you start looking for them, there's a lot more than you can – because you could say to a kid, you could have went for that, but you didn't. And, like, no one else would pick up on it. But when you're watching it in film, you see two guys standing beside each other, and then one kid reacted to it, and the other kid kind of just stood. And, you know, and then when he saw the other kid went for it, he just kind of got in a defensive stance. So that would be a zero for ball pursuit. That's a, I think that's a huge I, – I mean, I've heard of some of these. That's a huge – I think if you do that early in the season, oh. that can be the difference between winning and losing. Without a doubt. You know, that's, oh. you know, that's diving on loose balls. The right. Ball suits, that's, right. You know, all that. And then the shot contest, we, we talked about – like Ralph did this study when he was with Brick um, in, the, uh, in the NBA about balls, uh, ball side shot contest. He used to talk about a shot contest in the middle of the face. It doesn't really affect the shot as much. But when you do a ball side shot contest, right where the shooter's hand is and going right. on the ball side, the kid has to usually move his hand just a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. And that affects his shooting percentage at least 10%. So are you talking same side hand? Same like, side hand. Because ball. I'm telling you, I just read an article, I don't know, somewhere halfway through. The, like if it's a right-handed shooter and you close out with your left hand, it drops like 15%. 
it's crazy. Like yeah. it is something in the last couple of years we've really started to work on. The stats doesn't lie about it. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, like ball side, just making sure, like my thing was just making sure he's on the ball side. Whatever hand you get up there, yep. just get it on that ball side. So the kid has to think about moving the ball a little bit and angling his arm oh, a little bit. Um, so we used to, we used to chart that zero, one, zero, right. one. And I'll tell you, that would even get kids who normally just, you know, there's a lot of kids who just run out there and close out, don't even put their hand up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. You know? So if you charted that, you know, and then you see at the end what happens. And then, then the only thing you do on the offensive end is offensive rebounding attempts. So like when we go down to the offensive side, I'd be like, right. all right, don't worry about the, when the shot goes up, did you go? Did Gio go for an offensive rebound? Did Danny go for an offensive rebound? And if one of them had offensive responsibility, I mean, defensive responsibility, like the top guy getting back, right. did he get back? Did he say, I got back, I got back? If he didn't, he got a zero. If he did, he gets a one. You know, right, because you don't necessarily want to crash five at all times. No, but no, it, we, were, we always crash four. Okay, okay. And and that when we were at Holy – when I was at a, um, at Quinnipiac, we crashed four. And I'll tell you right now, we were the number one rebounding team in the country in 2013 and 14 and we were number one offensive rebounding team in the country for seven straight years at Quinnipiac over Duke, Kentucky, Michigan. I mean, it's unbelievable. Because you're charting it. Whatever you yeah. chart, they're going to do. Whatever you Exactly. Chart, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then we did chart the charges. And obviously if you had a chance to take it, you didn't, if you did it, okay. you got one. Yep. Um, deflections were always huge. We try to get 40 or higher deflections. And what you don't do zeros for deflections. You just do one. No, no, no. Just if you got one, okay. um, you know, cause it's tough to do a zero. So yep. just deflections. And we always say, but 40 is our number. You have to reach. If you don't get 40, we run. You know what I mean? So okay. like kids with hands are, and Ralph was always about keeping your hands up. He said, hands down, like, you know, like you don't get a chance to get a ball deflection. Yeah. Hands down, man down. down, man. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. You know, all that. So I was big, uh, a big believer in the hands up on deflections. Um, and then closeouts and rotations, I added in. We didn't chart that when I was Holy Cross, but I added that when I was at um, Salem State because I just – And what do you mean by closeout rotations? Whether they whether the ball gets skipped and you can get a closeout? Yeah, like you can tell in a defensive possession, like when a ball gets skipped, did your man do a horrible closeout? You know, did okay. he just sprint out there? The kid blew by him. Right. All right, well, that's a zero. You know what I mean? Right. But if yeah. he, he shuffled his feet, he controlled the guy, and he still got beat, I'd give him a one because he, he, you know, he did right. a good closeout, but the kid scored. That's a hard thing for a high school kid to do effectively oh. is that second rotate. It's the burn by is like, oh, my God. It's like. Yeah, exactly. they, they have no. I don't know if it's because of like newborn, newborn giraffe, and they don't know how their bodies work. But geez, it's like you're running out there like your house is on fire. They're gonna go around you, like exactly. You yeah. And and then we do the rotations where we're basically if you're two passes away, where are you at the dotted line? The old, you know, in the center line, like hand on a line, seeing both mall and man, and that's a zero one. So, but you know, then we you know we put all this together, and at the end, like you know, I'm looking at it, like Geo, I did for one for Geo. He was 23 for 39. Okay. At fifty-eight percent, and our goal is if you don't, if you're seventy below, you run a sprint in practice to start the practice below seventy percent. Okay. So right now, Geo would start practice with twelve sprints. You know what I mean? So he'd go and just go. He'd see his effort stats, and he'd be like, "I got to go do twelve sprints." Timed. They all have to be timed. You know what I mean? Right. And you know he would do it. So now he's pissed off because he's like, "Man, I got below seventy. Like, you know what I mean? And then at the end, if we didn't get forty deflections as a team. We'd have to run as a team for those 40 deflections. And what percentage and, of those players usually got above 70? And do you do 70 for your high school kids? Um, no, I do okay. I do 60 for my high school kids. Okay. Um, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, and I don't as much 
I haven't like, uh, cause it's, it's a little bit harder with the high school kids to hold them as much accountable in this. I show them this, but we don't just run as much. If something was blatant and early on I do, but we, I didn't do this as much the whole year. Okay. Um, cause you know, it's just, it's a, it's a different, you know, the prep school levels, it's just a different. Well, and it's a hard, this would be a hard thing to do for every game, but yeah. you could do it early. I mean, my we did third, it early on, I do it my first five games. That's, I, that would be my, that would be my advice to coaches that are listening. Cause I'll try to get a copy of this, but that would yeah. be my advice is do it early. You set the tone early because, I'll, you know. I'll that, tell you right now, we did this at Holy Cross. This is no lie. Um, it was the second game or third game of the year. And the kids at the end, you had to be above 70%, all that. We came in and Coach read these separate stats off, and we lost the game by about 15. And uh, he said, okay, everybody come on to get on the line. We were down to the, the recreational facility because of the main play. I'll never forget it. We had to do 138 sprints as a team. 138 <laughs> sprints. <laughs> And I'm telling you right now, they were all timed. And if you didn't make it, we went again. It was like two hours of running. I'll never forget the next game. Guys were screaming at each other. Shot contest on the ball side. What are you doing? I am not running tomorrow. Because, <laughs> by the way, we were running at 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Right. Like 6 right. run. So, like, these guys had to get up at 530, and then they had to do 138 sprints. And then we had practice later. You know what I mean? Like, and they had, so to, go like, to, and they had to go to not an easy class. Yeah. yeah and I'll yeah. tell you right now, but I saw the mentality change of worrying about their offense, worrying about shot select, you know, all that. What they were worried about were blockouts, shot contests, ball pursuits. They started where, and all of a sudden, win, win. win we became win, the win. number one field goal percentage team in the that. country at 36%. Holy Cross. We played Kentucky in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and we – Tyshawn Prince hit a you know half court shot that basically we, we lost uh six seventy two to sixty eight but um you know it was, we were sixteen seed they were one seed and I'll tell you the kids were like doing just the effort stats it was amazing right. it's awesome I've seen it work right, that's that's awesome let's go back to let's go back yeah, yeah. to that summary thing yeah. and then I want to shoot some questions at you too that no I no problem no problem uh, so I think those are important to, you know the effort stats yeah. you know then you always got to teach and practice the great teammate stuff when guy takes a dive yeah you know making sure your team's running the hole for him they take a chance teach him the teammate like that's something I learned from coach Moore and a couple other guys Darren Horn you know like he was just all they're all about like when they do a hustle play make sure you get excited as a coach right and your team gets excited because they you want to see them like positive reinforcement like do that again and you want to see the team who the kid who didn't do it say hey man I better start doing that you know what I mean? right right so I think those are the teammate stuff you know and we all know what that is up and down on the bench high fives to your team emotion at the right time you know like when a good play there better be emotion for the right time not for the wrong things right you know um handling winning correctly dealing with losing correctly those are two big components I think are important um I think the discipline you're always going to have individual and team discipline um uh, so how are you handling that like what are you doing like we do 11s we do 31s like that's 11 is up and back in 11 seconds. 31 is a suicide. I give him 31 seconds to get it done. A 17 is uh, from the sideline to sideline. You got a minute and 10 seconds. You got to get 17 of them done in a minute and 10. And it kind of works out. You got to be really busting to get it done. Um, yeah. 17. So, you know, like how you handle your discipline when a guy's doing burpees, like 25 burpees, wall sits. Are you holding them accountable is what I would tell the young, especially exactly. the younger coaches. It's like, it doesn't matter what you make them do. Exactly. It's just, they got to know that you did this, you do this, we're moving on. You we're know, moving on but, now. Yeah, we yeah. got it. And you, you know, you're going to always come across it. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I think to teach the group, 
teach the group all uh, mental toughness is the huge thing about that who show the leaders i think Jay that's Bill's huge too. toughness is you know great if you have a great book example, great like, book oh, talk great. about that's about the little things and you know i think though that's huge that's um, duke yeah yeah energy enthusiasm is a huge part of the winning habits making sure your staff brings it if you don't have that fire the guy it's not worth having around you know no I mean? and the thing is it's hard too because sometimes i got to be picked up i had a long day i had a parent right. call i had 85,000 tests to grade, blah, blah, blah. And I'm walking into practice and I'm only at 80. You got to have somebody that's going to pick you. Let's all right, let's go. Like, exactly. is that, you can't, it's, it's really hard every day, but it, I'll tell you. And I, and I, when I was, I was always the younger guy in most of the programs, but even when I was, even when I was a Quinnipiac, I was a little bit older and I had, a, I had to try and be that guy all the time. Right. You know, I was working for like a older guy, Ralph Willard, Tom right. Moore. So right. Like, I, my, to give my worth, it was like, I wasn't like, you know, this ex NBA player or whatever. Right. I was like, I had to be that energy guy. You know what I mean? And that's a, I'll tell you, it's, it's can be embarrassing at times, but you got to be like that all the time. So the guys believe in you like, man, like this guy's always bringing it. You know what I right. Mean? And they can feed off it. It's like a, it's like a clap. It's like, it's like when they start clapping, it's a, there's an energy that just comes with it. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah, you can fake that a little bit, yes. And that translates every day, in, you know, into, like, your games. I, I've seen it happen. Team energy, you know, if you do that every day, your team's going to have energy on the court. Because you can say, hey, guys, we've been doing this every day, you know, and that's something you can hold your hat on. And then I think finally, um, you know, like, you got to mirror what you do in practice. Right. Style of play, you know what I mean? If you're an up-tempo team, you know, make sure, you, you know, you're working on that stuff, the pressing, you got to work on all those things. Like I we, mean, I would yeah. think if you want to be fast paced, you better work on fast pace. I mean, it exactly. seems simple, but people forget it. Um, go down and click on that. We'll we'll go to one of your practice plans in a second. Go down to the game planning one. Sure. Let, uh, let, so is there anything specific you do for like game planning and practice planning and things like that? I mean, well, first how much I, time I, do you spend on scouts and stuff like that? I, I, you know, I had a tapered. I mean, when I was at division one, I, I mean, it was, it was, was your life. Yeah. That was yeah. life. I mean, I'd watch, probably i don't know eight seven game films of the opponent like and then breaking them down each one of them to you know like breaking out all the plays breaking out all the defenses by the time i was done with one film i probably watched it a hundred times you know what i mean like right. you right. know and then i gotta go to the next game film and the next game film and the next game film so that's all we kind of did at the college level but at the high school level i know like you said the tiktok world these kids is going to be a short snippet so i'd give like three or four clips of each player they're going to be playing against Okay. Um, the top five or six players. And then their general offense, I'd watch like, you know, maybe three or four minutes of their plays. Okay. Um, and I'd show them about two, two or three minutes of either a man or in zone, just so they got a feel for them. Um, and that's it. So it was really, I don't know, maybe eight, nine minutes. And I talked to him, I show him a scout report. You know, this one's a little bit when I, this one I was at, I think I was at division two when I showed this, but uh, the high school one's very similar, just like the same exact thing. You have the kid's name. There'd be a picture. I took the pictures out for this, but there'd right. be a picture beside it. You know, the kid's name, what he did, how much he have, you know, what he, you know, basically what he did. So, um, so, so, so for individuals, you're looking for tendencies. Exactly. Okay. You know, this kid's a shooter. You know, it always says at the end, like the keys contain, you know, for drives, you know, stay between him and the basket. That was, and then I quiz the kids before the game. Like I go, all right, well, I, I always have a board. And I have the box, five boxes, five starters. And I'd be like, all right, number four, uh, Smith, uh, you know, and then the other point guard, that's his point guard for that team. Right. I look at my point guard, I said, tell me about him. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, ah, oh, coach, you got a short clothes on him. He's a lefty. You know that? I'm like, good job. And right. if the kid didn't, I'd be like, someone else know? 
I've right. said, you know, like, and that would embarrass the kid enough the next game that he'd know. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Cause it's really about, I, I I'm convinced high school is a lot about matchups. It's a lot oh, about like, it's, you know, <laughs> without a doubt, you know, you know that, this kid's got, cause most of them have some weaknesses. Um, oh, every one of them. Yeah. yeah um, they all do. To be honest with you, there's not too right. many. You don't. Right. So that's what we do. We do the offense characteristics, game plan and all that. And you know, the keys to the game. And then I'd have this basically scout report kind of like condensed on my board before pregame up on the board. And, and what do you do on your, what do you do on your board in the pregame? That's a great question. I haven't asked me. Um, I put up this right here, this, this one, um, the, uh, I don't know if this is going to come up. There we go. Circle opportunity. Okay. Um, and I have basically five starters up on the board for them. And then a couple of their subs and I write notes about them. You know, okay. like each guy. Yep. So, we, so I first talk about, all right, here's the five stars. Let's go over it, guys. You know, blah, 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 blah. And I say, okay, what does this team like to do offensively? They tell me. I'd be writing it down. Defensively, what do they play? Man, zone. They say it. I'm like, okay, now let's go over on our side. What's going to help us win this game? And I circle opportunity, coach. I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. Like, what's going to help us win? The ball pursuits. How many deflections do we need in this game? 40, right. coach. 40, coach. All right, we all go into – how many guys are going to the glass? Three going to the glass, two back. All right. This game was sending four because, you know, we can afford to send four. You know, they'd all know at that point, you know, point. Oh, we right. got shock and test, blockouts, charges. How many charges are we going to get today? Is someone going to get me a charge? I joke around. Get me one or two. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, we're going to get five today, coach. You know, I'll try to get him into it. And then we leave one blank because I, like each game, there might be something more specific, like a, uh, you know, closeout or, uh, you know, rotations are important in this game. Um, you know, so I'd write that in myself. And right. then I put down my, my keys of like today, you know, like, hey, you know, whatever the key mantra is today, you know. Okay. I, like I love that. Keys. And again, how long do you normally talk in pregame? Uh, probably about 15 minutes, you know, okay. 15 minutes. So I, you know, get them, you know, they go out there, they stretch, uh, they, they do a little bit of warm up. They come in for about 15 minutes. I go over to them. Then they go back out for the next, they usually go back out there for 20 with about 25 or 35 left in the clock they go out there with, and then they come back in at seven to get their hype going. They do the old, uh, you know, huddle hype, you know, like, right. coming in and, yep. you know, getting their bouncing going for yep. about 30 seconds and then back out for the okay. last four or five okay. minutes. So yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So good. You can take that off. Is there sure. anything else you want to talk about the practice planning? No, I mean, I, you know, I just think, you know, just the monthly ones, you see, you know, everybody has their own monthly plan, but I think that's important to have. You got to map, you got to map it out. Grab one of your practices. Let's look at that real quick. And then I have a couple other questions. Sure. So, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, this is perfect. I can go to this one. That's fine. Yeah. This is one I used before, so. Okay, it doesn't uh, matter. Um, so tell me how you break a practice down. Um, you know, we start with, the you know, the stretching, like we talked about, the dynamic right. stretch in the beginning. You know, the um, you know we, this one was um, – we did, you know, proper form. You know what I mean? You yep. know, it was what we were talking about because guys weren't doing proper form in the last one. So we do eight minutes of like that. Um, we did started off the practice running because the locker rooms were a mess. Um, ah, so. God, that must be universal. That must be <laughs> universal. So in this practice, we, you know, I rigged a line because, you know, they, and then, you know, we went in and we picked it up and, you know, came back out and then we started the stretching. So we kind of had it started with a little bit of negative, but yet, then that never happened again. <laughs> right. So, you because know, that was You fix it real quick. Yeah. And then we do a dynamic drill that, you know, like I think gets guys going and we do this thing called four minute shooting. Um, and it's like three basketballs and it's at the elbows. I don't know if you can see this, but, uh, here, here, let's, uh, let's stop sharing your screen for a second. We'll come back right. to this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, 
basically the entire team would be out there and it'd be uh, two lines, uh, one side and the other side from the elbows, just okay. like this. Yep. And, and, you know, so it'd be just like that, like that. And they have three basketballs, one, two, three on this yep. side. Okay. And they'd start, this line would come to the middle and they'd pass it to them. They'd take the shot. Okay. All right. And, and then they'd switch lines just like that. And then the next ball would pass to the next guy coming in from the side and they'd pass it back to the same side. The ball would go back to the same side. Okay. So it would always be getting passed from this side to that side. Yep. All right. For one minute. So for one minute, they'd be shooting, you know, this line would be the shooting line. This line would be a pass line for one minute. Okay. And they'd be shooting kind of like like a free throw line jumper. A little okay. bit over to the left, a little bit to the right. Just getting touches, quick passes. And when they, you've got to go offensive rebound, go get your rebound and then call a guy in the line's name out. You know, Billy, Billy. And then you, you go know, back to your, you go back to your here. same line then. Um, no, you go to the opposite line. Okay. So you get, you know, the other guy, you know, you pass it, you know what I mean? Yep. You get the offensive rebound, you get your offensive rebound, you pass it to the guy, yep. then you get to that end of the end, line. End of that line, okay. And then the other guy who, who uh, you know, pass it to you, yep. you know, would go to the end of this line. You know okay. what I mean? And they just keep yep. on switching lines like that for one minute with three basketballs going. So, you know, and then you have the manager keeping a track of how many makes, makes, okay. makes, makes, you know, like that. So you'd be yelling and your, your focus as a coach is making sure guys grab a rebound and talk and call the guy's name out and pivot on their foot and not travel and run with the basketball on the court. Right. And, you know, the ball's getting whipped everywhere. Call the guy's name out the end of the line. Guy's hands are ready. Throw it to him. Get it in there. So we'll be doing that for about a minute. And then everybody would be aware because you have four minutes on the clock and it's running down. And then at three, min at, at three minutes, everybody switch. And all of a sudden, this line would move down to the block. This line would stay same spot, just like that. Okay. And this guy's would be down in the block area, right above the block. Not inside, but it'd be above the block right there. You make the pass from here to them, and right. they have to make like a backboard jump, quick okay. backboard jump. And you'd be surprised how many misses guys make right from the block oh, just yeah. off the backboard. Quick, it's horrible. You know, it was quick passes. Next guy, hands up, ready, shot, hands up, and then you'd be counting the misses on the front of the block. Just seven, eight. Come okay. on, man, focus, focus. Let's go, focus. And a bet, it's going quick, quick, quick. Yep. And all of a sudden, a minute would go down. They're still keeping track of the the score. You know what I mean? You're going right now. Now you're at like 50, 60, 70, 71, 72. Now it's a minute, another one. Switch. Now the lines go back. Now the balls go over on this side. And they switch to the, the you know, the this other side. direction. Yep. Now we're going the other direction for minute three, you know, yep. going, going, going. And then switch, minute four, this line moves down to down. the block and they go for a minute here. Okay. And they got to get to 145. That's the minimum. And you can start changing the goal. It right. might be 150. Do yeah, they get 145 early in the season? No. <laughs> like, okay. uh, and then we make them run, like, you know, to be honest with you. At first, I let them learn to drill. And then I'd be, all right, you know, what's our minimum? And, you know, your minimum might be, depending on how good a shooting team you are, might be 112, 115. Right. And you do it two or three times without, a, like, not telling them what the day. Then you say, all right, listen, three times we've done it, we've gotten 115 and 118. Our right. goal is I'm not going below 115. So right. if we go below 115, we're running a sprint for everyone below 115. Okay. You know, and then all of a sudden for the whole rest of the year, there's your standard. 115 right. is your standard. Right. And then as a coach, now they start killing it every time you get them going. They're like, all right, I'm moving it up to 120, guys. And you start right. raising the back level. When okay. we were at Holy Cross, uh, I mean, at Quinnipiac, we were doing 160. Okay. You know? Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, 
jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great Sports Social Podcast Network.